How about some lights? Yeah. Camera action. So, uh, yeah, we do have a camera. So we are uh, on Facebook Live, so y'all behave yourself. I mean, because as, as soon as it gets out, I mean, it'll, it'll, it, it might go viral. Um, in, a, in a good way? I didn't mean, I didn't mean anything. So here's the deal. Um, yes, things have been a little bit different this morning. Um, and yes, we are, uh, we're trying out, we've done the Facebook Live a, a different different ways. This is the first time I think we've actually been able to tap into the computer to get the sound and everything. So hopefully it works well. Um, hopefully we can uh, get it get it rolling and um, that my wife will shut up over here so I can concentrate. <laughs> oh no, it's, uh, hey, we got we to gotta be lively. Uh, but no, we, we, uh, we're going to try this platform. Hopefully we can perfect it. Um, I don't want to say perfect it because uh, we'll never perfect anything, um, but get good at it so we can offer the, uh, this to those who aren't uh, able to be with us. But today, um, we are going to, uh, we're going to proceed, and when I say, uh, hey, uh, Mike, I got a bad echo up here. I don't know what, are, are these speakers behind me? Down? For those of you who are on Facebook Live, this is kind of the th- thing we do all the time, right? It's just, we are what, we is what we is. How's everybody feeling today? Right, right? Blessed? Okay. So a, a part of that as well is, is I want to make sure, like, I have uh, friends uh, of mine that uh, it was, it was in, an interesting week for us um, as pastors and church leaders uh, that... Um, when this whole band thing came down, and at first uh, it was kind of muddled, it, 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 well, at least when I first heard it, I had a, a buddy of mine say, hey, did you hear over 100 people can't come together? What are we going to do about church? I said, wait a second. So I ended up getting the, the real what was all behind it. And no, I did not. Uh, I did this, the, the next best thing. I called Shelly, and she uh, looked it up for me. <laughs> Yes, uh, so Shelly, and we talked to the lawyers and all that good stuff. But here's the deal. There are churches that, that have closed uh, because of this. And what I want to do, and this has been a stress that we've had with our, when I say stress, like stressing this with our, our elders, we were all talking about this, is we don't want to get into um, any type of superiority complex. Like, we didn't shut church, so we're more you know, holy than your church because you shut. No, 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 no. No, the leaders have to make tough decisions. And, and, and the decisions which are made in other churches, I'm sure that they are the, the right decisions for those churches. So don't be the one to, to jump on them, bash them. We, we are going to continue with services until we as the, the elders feel that it is unsafe for, for y'all uh, to, to, to be in here. Um, but, or the government says well, you, you can't do it. Speaking of that, we're not the only ones being affected by this. Shannon and I were talking to um, uh, Raphael and Tracy, our, our missionaries down in Panama. Um, they are, are not even allowed to, to gather together. So what uh, they're having to do is they're, they're meeting a very, very small group with inside their house and broadcasting it over the radio um, because they, they can't and they're, I mean, because the, the government is not letting them gather together at all. So we are very fortunate that we, are, we live in a country that we can, um, we can still gather. So um, with that, what I want to do is uh, I want to talk about 
something today. I, I, mean, I know we're in the, the foundation series, and, and everybody's amped up for the doctrine of salvation, which is fantastic. It's, it's one of the, the best, if not the best doctrine, because we get something we don't deserve, and um, that God has, has seen through my stupidity uh, and, and loves me still. But um, we will get to that portion in the explanation of the doctrine of salvation. We probably won't get where we're going to expound on it a lot today. Uh, maybe that will be something for the future, but I definitely will touch on it. But what I want to do is I, I don't want to overlook the situation which we're facing right now with um, the, 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 this, uh, uh, what's it, the COVID-19, uh, a.k.a. coronavirus um, and, and I know there, there's jokes and things. He, here's what I don't want to do. I, I don't want to take the approach like, it's not a big deal. No, it is. It's very real. But just because it's real, we don't have to freak out of our minds. All right? So what, what I want to do is I, I've got um, a, a statement that I want to say, and then I've just got a whole bunch of scriptures that I want to go through with you because I believe this. This is a big idea for today. Right thinking promotes right response. Right thinking promotes right response. That's all we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about how we are responding to the situation, to this reality. Uh, how are we responding? And when I say we, I'm going to primarily be talking to Christians. Uh, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Christ, I invite you to do that. But what, what, I, want, what I want us all to understand is like, because we do wave the banner of Christ, there is a way in which we should respond to that in which is going on or all around us. Because <laughs> I, I don't know about y'all, but I, it, it just pains. There's nothing worse. I can, I can watch, and, and bear with me, I can watch an atheist just bash God and, and be kind of like, oh, it, it, yeah, that, that, you're an idiot, but... That, that, that hurts a little bit. But there's nothing worse than watching a Christian just be a hypocrite and, and, and be just exuberantly too... And I, didn't, I used that word earlier in a good way, so uh, where's, where's Matt at? He's with the kids. Oh, I, I told him... That. So, Matt, if you watch this later, I, I, I used it for you in a good way, but I'm using it in a bad way right now. Um, but if you're over, the edge, over, over top with, with going uh, overboard with... Um, you know, saying that, uh, well, if you just have enough faith, then you won't get the coronavirus. Nah, that ain't even the Bible. So, so don't, don't think this is a measure of faith or, or, or not. And if somebody says that, well, you know what, God's people, if you just have, you know, you trust enough and God's going to protect us, he's not going to let it. Yeah, he, he will. He'll, he'll, he's going to guard your soul. But it, it, may be, it may be that the coronavirus does take you. I, and please, that's not a scare. Oh, where are we going? Oh, maybe we shouldn't have come to church. No, 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 what I'm saying is here. When it's your time, it's your time. Whether it, it is through that, that or, or, or something else. But in the meantime, we have a, a proper response. We should have a right response to everything that, that, that's going on. Uh, you, can turn, um, you can turn to 2 Timothy or, I, I'm going to be there one verse, but the main text that we, we can um, look at right today is uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Because here's the deal. Our response matters. Our response to the situation matters. And I'm going to ask you, how's yours? And I don't want you to tell me, but I want you to think about it. How has your response been to this situation that, that, that has taken place? Because there are, there's a myriad of responses that have happened thus far. And I know that none of you have done this. 
None of you have had the, the, the panic or the, the being irrational, right? Um, or, or the fear. Let's just, let's just call it what it is, it, the fear. Now, the, the, what I mean by the fear is um, no, I'm hoping that none of you have jumped on the toilet paper bandwagon. If you do, honest, here is the honest truth. If you need toilet paper, see me because I have stored away, not for this, for something <laughs> totally way more fun. I've actually uh, stored away a large garbage bag full of toilet paper for the kids to go teepee somebody's house. <laughs> so if it comes down where you can't find your Charmin, come see me and we'll get it. But, you know, that, it, it's just irrational when we, we think, like, oh, we're not going to have toilet paper. Somebody said that it's a respiratory uh, um, issue, so um, why toilet? I, I don't know. I don't even understand that. I don't, I don't know. But maybe it's not the toilet paper. It may, maybe it's you, you get sucked into the, um, this vortex of, you know, it's just the government controlling us. It's a conspiracy. Well, don't get sucked into that either. Even though I think there's some nutty people that are in power... And I'm not a political man, but I have my opinions, so I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but vote this Tuesday. Make sure we vote. Um, I'm not going to tell you how, how, how to do that, but I think, though, what happens is, is we, we have a tendency to get sucked into this, this political, I call it a vortex, this political vortex, because it just seems like it's, I, I, I picture um, on Ant-Man, who remembers Ant-Man, how he goes into the, the, the quantum realm, it's just like this black hole. <laughs> Or the Avengers? Who watched the Endgame Avengers? Oh, you guys are all saints, right? We can't watch those kind of movies. They're rated PG-13. No, but as long as they're not rated R, you know. Um, but in this vortex, we can get sucked into the, the government's taking control. The government doesn't even have control of the government, so they're not taking control of us. So it's all right. It's all right. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't live in fear there. Um, or maybe another uh, way in which your fear or panic is this. Um, <laughs> this. This was funny on Wednesday night in, in our small group, and forgive me for, for saying this, Patty, but Patty had a cough. <laughs> and, and, I mean, don't, 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 don't be one of those, those people where every person you meet, they, they, they cough and they, they sneeze, and you're like, oh, they're infected. Oh, they've got it. Okay. And then you walk around like, oh, what am I going to do? You're just, you're just crippled with fear. But that's a response which a lot of people have. But it's, it should not be a reality. That, that response should not be a reality. The, the right response of which we, we, have, we should have is not out of fear, but it's out of faith. All right? This faith. And remember, it's not just, oh, if you have enough faith, then there's actually this invisible bubble that's around you. No, 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 no. No, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the faith that God's in control. God still sits on the throne. This did not creep up on him. This did not, it wasn't as God was sitting there and he was playing Uno uh, with the sun and the spirit was cheating and, um, no, well, you know, that doesn't happen because they can't, there's no sin there, but so cheating must be good. Um, no, if you can get away with it, right? Uh, no, but it's not like they were sitting there and they were distracted and, they, and, they, and he looks and they're like, oh man, what am I going to do? No, he was sitting on the throne the whole time. Not, did God cause this? No, God didn't cause this, but... You know, there, there's something that we need to, to think about, that God can use things like this for good. Uh, and, and we have to be able, we have to be able to not just know that in our head, but know that in our heart. Amidst the, 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 the tragedy, amidst these things, that, that these real effects that it has on people, God can use things for, for good that we don't even understand. 
So what we have to do is we have to know He's still in control, and we have to know that what He promised is true. What He promised is true. What did He promise? He promised never to leave you nor forsake you. He is always with us. Even if you do come down with it, He'll be there. He'll be like Tom Hanks. Did anybody see the Tom Hanks picture? Tom Hanks was in, um, is in Australia, uh, quarantined because of this. And the, uh, the, the nursing staff and everything had a, a good sense of humor, so they rolled him in a volleyball with a... <laughs> Wilson! Right? Right? Remember off a of castaway? So there's a picture of him. Google it later, or, or Ogre will, will tell you about it. Or, or he'll Google it for you. Uh, but a picture of volleyball. So, you know, understand that... Maybe it, it, understand that God's not a volleyball, it's like an inanimate object. No, God is a loving God. He, and he, he promised, and He promises not to leave us, even in the darkest times. But not only that, knowing a, a right response with faith is knowing that fear does not come from God. So, so that's that, that passage in 2 Timothy uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 7, because th- this is important. If we respond with fear... And when I say this, I I say this with all the love in my heart. If we respond with fear, it's not a fear issue, it's a sin issue. And there's something going on. Because at at the root of it all, the the Bible is very clear, God is very clear to communicate that 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 spirit um, (laughs) of fear in which you may have is not from Him. Well, yeah, but God just wants me to be cautious. No, 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 no. God wants you to be smart. Use common sense. That's why, like, we, we sent out that email this week and, and said, it, it, which was somewhat awkward for a lot of people. Like, when you came here, no hugs or shaking. Some of you loved it. The introverts were like, oh, I love this. I'm going to tell all my introverted friends, I love this. They don't touch you, they just nod. Namaste. Namaste. You know, they, but, but then you have people like Marty that are just like, oh! <laughs> right, no, but but understand that we, we, we get this. We, we understand that that that, that um, if we are in uh, or we have what was I going for the common sense part? We have taken. I got off track a little bit. Uh, the, the we have taken precautions because that they are necessary um, because God did did give us a brain for a reason. But what He did not give us is a fear. All right. It says here that, that God, uh, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. If you're in uh, uh, Dan's small group, um, this has been the theme for, for quite some time, right? So uh, th- th- this understanding that, that, that God did give us something, and what, what He did give us, He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. That self-control thing is, I think, the biggest in this whole thing. Because fear, when we, when we, when we respond with fear, it's, it's out of not being in control. It's just a reaction, not a response. So understand that, that the right way in which we re- respond is not from a, 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 a fearful perspective or a fearful approach. It's from a faithful approach. And we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end here. But I want to answer. I want to ask this question, and we are going to get into Second Corinthians, um, chapter ten. So here's a question I want to ask you, because some some still think this. So if faith is a proper response, and it is, so faith is a proper response. Why am I, and I put on my notes, or others, 
right? Quote, unquote. Why am I or others struggling with the reality of the coronavirus? Well, if faith is a proper response, proper response why, am I, why am I still struggling with it? Well, I, I don't want anybody to think, like, if you, well, I'm, str- I kinda, I'm not really, but I kind of am. It, it, it's affecting me. I, I just don't know what's, what's happening here. I don't want to be fearful, but I'm get, kind of getting sucked in. What's, what's going on? God, help me. Well, what we have to understand is there's a battle going on in your mind, for your mind. I think it was C.S. Lewis said that the, the, the mind's the, ba- or the, the devil's uh, playground. There's a battle that, that's raging on, and, and, and uh, we see these things that are happening. What, what, what then is, what is happening from that is um, the, the, the enemy wants to take that, and he wants to cripple you with fear. So there's a battle that's raging on, because the coronavirus is real. It is a real thing. And when the physical is in front of us, what happens is it does affect the non-physical. And what I mean is when we see that, the non-physical is our thoughts, our feelings, that cognitive aspect, that immaterial part of us that makes us who we are. It can affect that. But why does it affect that? Well, I think that Paul speaks into this. And he speaks into it in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter um, 10. We're just going to look at verse 3 through 6. Paul says this. And mind, mind you, that, that he's speaking to a church that was... Um, not, they, they weren't all saintly, you know, all righteous and... Oh, kind of... No, this was... If, there's, if there was a, a movie about them, it would be called The Church Gone Wild. Type thing, but so he, he's speaking into to them because their response and their reaction to things it's not right, and he, he he's trying to help them through this. Verse three it says, "For though we walk in the flesh," so he's saying like because we're real, because we have a body, because we have this physicalness. It says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh." but have divine power to destroy strongholds. If you don't uh, have that underlined in your Bible or highlighted, that's something you want to to, to, uh, mark up. To destroy strongholds. Verse 5, it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Not, not what you think, not what, oh, oh, not knowledge of Lee, not, not, no, 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 against the knowledge of God, the truth of God. And take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. What is he saying here? What, what, what Paul is communicating here is he, he's saying that, that, that there are these um, strongholds that, that, that invade our lives. Now, when I say strongholds, um, that might not be a word in which you would, would use often. Uh, a stronghold is kind of like a, it's a military term. It, it's a think fortress, uh, something that, that, that is fortified. But, but even further, think about uh, when he's talking about this inside of us, like these, well, how does that affect us then? Think strongholds as a mindset. Anybody who has a teenage kid knows that, that, that when we say, oh, they're just strong willed, no, they've got a, a certain mindset, right? 
And, and this is what, it, what, what Paul is talking to here, is this mindset, that we have to be able to uh, uh, address the, the, the issues that are going on because there's a battle that, that, that's raging on for our mind. And, and, and in our mind, because God gave us the ability to think and to choose, that, that's where the, the, the devil wants to, to, to hit us the hardest. And, and, and this mindset is going to then, that's what's going to display and is going to be communicated out. The way in which you think about things is going to be the way in which you respond to things. So the, the, these strongholds, these mindsets is coming in. Sometimes we have the wrong mindset. Well, how do we get the wrong mindset? Well, we think wrong. Anybody who's been around me for any length of time, and you've heard this. Think, feel, act, Right? Kalina, Kalina just sneezed, so stay away from her. <clears throat> I know, my kids have been hugging. I said, I'm cool. I'll meet Jesus. Um, it is my son's fault. It's always my son's fault. But if you've been around me for any amount of time, you, you, uh, you have heard think, feel, act, right? The way in which you think determines the way in which you feel, and the way in which you feel determines the way in which you act. A lot of this is the way in which you talk. Right? So if you want to change that action, you've got to change the way in which you think. That's that mind hold. That's that, that stronghold that, uh, that is going on, that mindset that, that is um, uh, being, being attacked. So what does Paul say? How does, he say to, uh, uh, how does he say to address this? Or how does he say to be equipped against this? He goes on, he says, to t- we need to take every thought captive to obey Christ. When you have a bad thought... This is the, and this is just my, my, my advice to you, because I use this all the time. When you have a bad thought, what we cannot do immediately is, oh, I had a bad thought, I've sinned. A, a thought is not a sin, it's what you do with that thought. All right? You have a, 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 a bad thought. Let's use what, what Jesus uses um, when, when he's talking about uh, um, adultery. He says that, that um, if you lust... After a woman, you've committed adultery in your heart. What does that mean? Does that mean like a, a pretty lady goes by and you're like, oh, there's a pretty lady? No, 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 no. That's not that thought. It's what are you doing in your mind with that pretty lady? And I, I don't. I'm not trying to to cause anybody to go anywhere. What I want you to do is understand that what you do with that thought is what it determines if it's a sin or if it's not. So what, what, what I want us to do is when a thought enters into our mind, what we need to do is we need to, as it says, take it captive for Christ. That taking it captive for Christ, we need to, to analyze it really quick. Is that good or is that bad? If it's wrong, if it's if it's ill, if it's a bad thought, and, and that can be uh, you know across the spectrum here. If it's a bad thought, get rid of it. Don't entertain it. Don't take up precious mental capacity that we have because we only have limited. I know you, everybody's. I know you're all smart, so. But I, me, I can only think about so many things. And if I give energy to certain little things that I shouldn't, it's taking energy, my, my thought process, away from other things. So what we have to do is, is we need to take it captive for Christ, and then we have to decide, is it a good thought or is it a bad thought? And if it's bad, get away, get away, take it captive, disobedience gone, because I want to be obedient to Christ. And that is that, that part of um, 2 Timothy 1, where that self-control really comes in. We've got to have that, because that self-control can also be um, translated as a sound mind as well. So we, we have to have that self-control. Why are we talking about this in light of, of this coronavirus and everything? Because we need to, to be able to respond and have a clear way of thinking so that we respond well. And we're not responding in fear. 
Get all of the facts. That's something that, that I love. I, I, I hate when I don't get all of the facts. Give me all the facts, all the evidence before you expect a response out of me. Because I know there's always two sides of the story. Sometimes three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve sides of the story. There's always a, 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 a situation is always multifaceted. So what we have to understand, grab, grab all the evidence before we respond. But when we have all of the evidence, when we take things captive for Christ, that's how we are, to break, that's how we are able to break these strongholds, these mindsets, these wrong ways of thinking about whatever the situation is. This situation in hand is a good time for us to take this, this big picture of like, okay, I know that there's a battle going on for my mind. I know that, that the, the right response is not fear, it's faith, but I also know that like, I'm not sure if I fully understand how to do that. I want, I want to take my, 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 my thoughts captive for Christ, but how, 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 how is it that I do that? Well, that's what's going to lead us to the words of Christ. And what I mean is go to chapter 6 of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. Because how do we think rightly about a situation in particular how do we think rightly about this situation because i want to take thought cap thoughts captive i want to submit to christ i want to uh, um uh, come and, and conform to his will i want to do that but i just i don't know how i i, I really my, my i want I, the, the the want and the desire is there i just need some some that evidence I, or, or that the, the the stuff that builds i need these building blocks for this in matthew chapter 6 um, it, it, some of you might have already think, oh, I bet you Lee's going to go to Matthew chapter 6 today and talk about fear. And, and that, that was because uh, it was, that was Kurt's idea. It, it was actually, it was funny because we were, we, were, we were talking about it, uh, a few of us, and, and uh, I was like, man, I just don't know how to go. And I was like, and then I started reading Matthew chapter 6. And before I even started, it was funny because Kurt reaches his Bible over to Dan and goes, see, I was already there. So Dan, or, uh, Kurt, Kurt already, already knew where we were going. But I think this is, this is a, a very clear text. It's a clear text. It's, it, it's just, I don't know how much clearer that you can get when, when it comes to dealing with fear and, and, and dealing with that anxiety that, that is attached to that. There's no clearer text than, than this here. Look, look at uh, chapter 6 of Matthew, um, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Pause for a second. You can insert in there whatever. He's saying, don't, don't, why are you worrying about this? Why are you worrying about food? Why are you worrying about clothing? Do you... Do you do you need those things? Yeah, he's going to talk about that in a second. But he says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. He, he says, okay, hey, pay attention. No, no, Jesus never raises his voice. Yes, he does raise his voice because people try to talk over him all the time. He says, look, look, I'm giving you a visual lesson. I'm giving it to you here. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? 
I love this. Jesus is always asking questions. He gives answers with questions. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Or her span? Who, who, who can do that? Does, anxious, does anxiety get us anywhere? I've told us before, fear and anxiety is kind of like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, right? But you ain't getting anywhere. I got a rocking chair in my office. I love it. Actually, that's Jake's assigned seat when he comes into my office. <laughs> it is. But you can rock and you can rock and you can rock, but you're not getting anywhere. That's what, what, what fear and anxiety does. And why are you anxious about clothing? Because I want to look good. Oh, why are you anxious about clothing? These clothes aren't bad in and of themselves. It's anxiety over them. Consider the, uh, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Nor, or yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Why is Jesus referring to Solomon? Solomon was, uh, um, he was a pretty man. Let's just say that. He was a pretty man. He was, he, he had, he was not only in, in physical feature, but adorned with every good um, trinket of the day. Just, I don't know, he, he, he put Brad Pitt to, to shame. Or what's that other dude? Fabio. Oh, oh Fabio. Right? Show your age there. Verse 30. But if God so clothes the, clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Stop for a second. Don't overlook that. Jesus is drawing a line, is connecting this anxiety, this fear, to a small amount of what? Faith. So, so I, I'm, okay, now don't hear this. Well, I have fear, then I lack faith. Well, I'm not saying that. Jesus is saying that. Okay? So understand that, that it's not a fear issue, it's a faith issue. We have to now, and well, I need more faith. No, you don't need more faith. You need to exercise the faith in which you have. Faith is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the bigger it gets. If you don't exercise it, it atrophies, right? Is that the right word? It gets smaller. So understand, understand this, that, 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 that fear, that anxiety, it is a faith issue. I, 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 don't, I don't know enough. That's why. No, no, no. It's not a knowledge issue. What are you doing with that in which you know? That's the faith issue. Look what Jesus says. He goes on. Therefore, he just said, oh, you little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, or how am I going to wash my hands, or how am I going to do this, or we can't. No, no, no. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows what you need. Maybe not what you want. But He knows what you need. So because He knows what you need, because He's saying that there, the, the anxiety is, it's real. There's no, nowhere in here it says that Jesus says, well, what you're dealing with really isn't real. No, it's real. But there's a cause to it. And there's an exercise that needs to happen so that, that, that your, your faith can be increased. 
Well, what do we do? Uh-huh, I'm glad you asked. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, how, what are we supposed to do? Uh, how are we supposed to think rightly? Well, the way in which we're going to think rightly is not just going to say, I'm going to think right, I'm going to think right, I'm going to think right, I'm going to think right. If I just try really hard, I can do this. No. This might sound just totally out of the water for, for some of you. Some of it's like antithetical to you. Like, this doesn't make sense. No, here's what, what, what we're told to do. We're told to seek Him first. Well, I, 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 okay, yes, I, I get it, Lee. I, I, I want to... I want, to, I want to do the right thing, I, okay, and I need to you know, follow, follow God. I need to do the right thing, and I need to follow God. No, no. You're, you're missing it. You need to follow God. You need to seek Him. By seeking Him, you will do the right thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, so think about that. What do we do? How do I respond rightly? Don't, don't, don't seek after Charmin. Right? It's not seeking after the toilet paper. Where am I going to get the toilet paper? No, 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 no. Please use toilet paper and get it. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't have that. What I'm saying is like our mind needs to go, okay, God, what are you doing? What do I need to do? How can I, how can I seek after your righteousness? And then as I'm seeking after your righteousness, as I'm taking these, things, these thoughts captive for you, Christ, as I'm, I want, I'm following your way, we have to trust that we're going to do the right thing. We have to trust, and that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite passages is that, that Galatians 2.20. For I have been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now, I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me, who loved for me and died for me. Understand this. I have to live by faith. I have to live like I've been crucified with Christ, and you know, the, the actions that come out, are, are, should not be mine. It should be, I've been crucified. I've been put to death. Therefore, I want to follow Christ. I have faith in Christ and what He is doing. And then when I have faith in Christ and I'm following after Him, what is Jesus going to do? Jesus is going to be Jesus through you. That's how this right response happens. That's how we can, when, when, when the stuff hits the fan, we can, we can respond with confidence. Not with arrogance, I know that I've been told plenty of times, well, you're just an arrogant Christian. I'm not. It's kind of like when I was in the Marine Corps, and those of you, my brothers here will attest to this. It's not that we think that we're the best. We know that we're the best. Right? I mean, just saying. Just saying. I'll say it to the chief's face. Hey, chief. Hey, you heard it. I don't need to repeat it. So I understand. Understand. So... Well, maybe that's a little bit of an arrogance there. Nah, nah, I know. We won't tell all them that. Right? Hey, it is what it is. But, but understand, our confidence in Christ needs to come across as confidence and not as arrogance. We don't need to say, ah, coronavirus, I don't believe in that stuff. No, our confidence is, hey, I, that's real. It's real. But my confidence is that God's still in control. No matter if everybody else is, is losing their minds, God's in control. And because He's in control, I'm going to respond this way. I'm going to respond rightly. 
And my, my response, I hope, I hope my response that there can be some, uh, and, and this is something to think about, y'all. As Christians, one thing that you can bring to this world, a world that's crippled by fear right now, is we, we can bring um, hope and peace. Not our peace, but God's peace. So, so your, your friend's like, oh, freaking out, what do you do? Just breathe. Keep calm. Just, just take this, it's okay. This is not the zombie apocalypse. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. It's interesting. This has brought up some some um, thoughts and some articles that, from from some people that you know writing things up. And in 1918, the, the Spanish flu um, swept through the nation. And I was reading an article about uh, uh, Washington D.C. and the churches in Washington D.C. in um, 1918. It was like September October time frame. They were they were closed. Everything was closed down for um, I think it was like four, six, eight weeks, something like that. I didn't do the math. But, but anyways, they were, they were closed down. So this isn't something that's, that's, that's new. We've been through, when I say we, the church has been through this before. Our country has been through this before. We don't need to lose our ever-loving minds. We don't need to, to let social media and media period just control and, and get this so far out of, uh, of control that, 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 that we are just um, living and in, 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 uh, reacting out of fear. That's where the enemy wants us, because when we act out of fear, we're crippled. When we act out of fear, the, the, the gospel is not going to be proclaimed. When we act out of fear, God is not being glorified. So when, when, we, when we look at this, and, and we're, we're thinking, how do I respond rightly? It's seeking God first. I, I've said this in the past, but I think this is an interesting portion here to think about. Um, it's, it's not about worry. Being anxious is worrying. Instead of worrying, we need to do what? Anybody? Worship. Thank you. Don't worry. You need to worship. And that's that seeking God first. How can I, how can I worship God in this? Because if I'm worshiping God, the fear is going to flee. I love what James says when, when, when talked about being uh, oppressed by, by the enemy. He says, submit to God, resist, resist the devil, and he'll do what? Flee from you. You don't have to combat him. You've got to submit to God. You need to worship God. Ignore the devil. And he'll flee. I think this is a perfect example. It's not that we ignore the virus and it's going to go away. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the fear of the virus that people have. Be, be responsible in this. How, how do we respond to what's going on? Two things that I want to, to touch on uh, in the next couple minutes. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. Because it, how, how the response, um, how we respond, I, I want to give two, like I said, two things here um, and, and, and to give us the, this proper response. Because if we're thinking rightly, all right, I'm seeking after God, my, my response is coming. There, there, there is a way in which we can um, have uh, some, some uh, 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 exercise of our own, some participation of our own in, in this. All right, first Peter, I got to turn there real quick. That's in the New Testament, right? Yes. How do we respond to what's going on? The first thing is faithfully. Okay? Not out of fear, but I said out of faith. So uh, what does that look like? It's a faithful response. 1 Peter um, 3, verse 15. Peter's talking to uh, Christians that are being persecuted. Maybe we're not being physically persecuted, but there, there's a, maybe a sense that we can understand the suffering that's going on here. 
Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. Verse 15, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. That's the same thing that Paul is saying about taking thoughts captive. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone. So always, it's a preparation. This is not like, okay, God's holy, I'm good. No, 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 no. It's always being prepared to make a defense. To who? To who ask you for a reason, for the hope in what that is in you. How are people supposed to see the hope that's in you if you're freaking out of your mind? People need hope. Our world needs hope. The way in which hope is distributed, and God is just funny. Because the way in which hope is distributed is through jacked up individuals like us. So we need to understand that the way in which we act matters. I'm not saying that we need to go holy rollers and legalistic. I'm not saying that. But maybe it's restraining doing this post on, on Facebook or that post on Twitter or maybe it's getting into this conversation or talking to this person and letting them suck you into whatever it may be. What we have to do is we always have to honor Christ as holy. What does holy mean? It means set apart, blameless, without spot or wrinkle. Keep our, our, our mind that way, like Christ is holy. I'm, I'm a representative. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And as an ambassador for Christ, Christ died for all this, this crap, this, the sin of the world. He died. He shed His blood so that we can be in relationship with Him. Did he have to do it? No, he didn't have to do it. He chose to do that. When we, when we take and we step back and we, and we have that mindset that Christ is holy, then we can respond with this defense. Now, this defense is not you know, drawing your weapons out. In, in our small group on uh, Wednesday night, we have this, this picture of Rambo. It's a cartoon picture, but he's there and he's, you know, all his, you know how Sylvester Stallone's all big old poochy lips and it's this picture of him holding his big old machine gun. The picture, and I always say, no Rambo apologetics. That's the, 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 the word, the defense of. It means to, to give a defense. It's not apology like, I'm sorry. No, it's like to give this, this defense, to defend the faith. But we don't need to have this Rambo approach. This Rambo, like, we're going to go and we're just going to be right. And bam, 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 bam. No, because nothing gets accomplished there. What we have to understand is, is that, that when we give this defense, it's, it's, so that we, that it's so that hope can be communicated in whatever situation it's in. Hope can be communicated. It goes on here to, to say, yet do it with gentleness and respect. How are we to do this? It's with gentleness and respect. Why? So that hope can be communicated. Not so that you can be right about an argument. You can be right and just totally, somebody can still have their own opinion. You, you, what I was right about this. Yeah, I get it. You are right, but you're a jerk. What did you accomplish? No, but with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience. Same thing, sound of mind, self-control. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. That's not that we want to shame them, like we want them to feel bad. It's to understand that there'll be that, that, that maybe that you you you'll be able to help them get to a place where they see that wait a second I am wrong but 
That, that, that shame, that guilt in which they may feel, is, is not that. It's, it's a, we want them to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. So that love, that gentleness, that we want them to see the hope, they want, we want them to see the hope so they, they see their situation and be like, well, snap. Maybe I'm wrong. So that they, maybe they're going to come to Christ. Maybe Christ is using you. Uh, newsflash, He is using you. Are you letting Him use you? How are you responding? Is this, re- this response faithfully? The last one here is firmly. We need to respond faithfully, but we do need to respond firmly. Well, I just use a firm voice. I'm not talking about the, the tone of your voice. Because the tone of your voice, it, I mean, I'm just glad when you snore in church, it's not that loud. What? Whoa, somebody just woke up. I'm awake, preacher, don't call me out. Don't go to sleep then. Firmly. How do we respond to what's going on firmly? Well, where do we get that, that, that firmness from? It's the foundations that we've been talking about. This is how I brought it back around to our doctrine series. Because it's so vitally important that, that we know what we believe. Because if we don't know what we believe, when calamity strikes, we're going to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. So I just love that it was during this time, that this series, that this happened, not that I wanted it to happen, but I just think it's good timing for us to see, well, we know, we have a belief here. We have a foundation in which we can respond from and we can stand firmly upon. The doctrine of salvation is the topic for this week. I'm not going to go in, again, not going to go expound this whole thing. We could and we could be here till four. Jody's already like, I'm out. I'm out. No. But understand that the, the, the response, uh, how do we respond to what's going on? It firmly, it's a foundation, it's important. The doctrine of salvation. That's, that, that, that's it. Today is, the doc, is looking at the doctrine of salvation. All I'm going to do is read it to you, and I'm going to read a text, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing, and then you're going to go. Got it? Let, like another five minutes of talking? We good? Are we asleep? No. All right. Good. The doctrine of salvation. We believe that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. It's a lot of loans, Lee. Yes. If you have some knowledge about the Protestant Reformation, or even if you've been on our website, you will see that there's something called the five solas. These are three of the five solas. What does that mean? That means that these are three of the five fundamental building blocks of our faith. Grace alone. What does that mean, grace alone? Look at Ephesians chapter 2. We believe that salvation, the saving act of God, that's what salvation is, the saving act of God that brings Him to us and satisfies His wrath towards mankind. That We believe that salvation is by grace. What is grace? I'm glad you asked. It's the unmerited favor of God. What does that mean? It means it's something you don't deserve, I don't deserve, we don't deserve. It's something that God has given us that we definitely have no, we did not earn it, we do not deserve it, but it's a gift in which He's extended. The unmerited favor of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. This is another one if you are... Now, writing in your Bible, this is highlighted, underlined, circled, whatever you want to do. For by grace you have been saved. 
through faith. Understand that. That's back to our, our, our description there, or our, our uh, doctrine of salvation, that we believe that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone. Look at that. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Why does Paul say this? Because too many people try to earn their salvation. You can't earn something that you don't deserve. You can't earn the gift. God has given this. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works. Why? So that no one may boast. Why is that important? Who wants to spend eternity in heaven when you have Bobby standing up there saying, you know how I got here? I was a good guy. I gave this much money. I did this much community work. No, 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 no. Bobby can't say that, and he knows that. I'm going to see Bobby in heaven. He's going to say, you know how I got here? He's going to point to Jesus. I don't don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, but by the grace of God, He's given me this gift. And I received that gift. It's kind of like Christmas time. There's a bunch of gifts that can be put underneath the tree, but until you receive that gift, and when I say receive it, it's taking it, and it's not just saying, ooh, I got this gift. No, it's opening up and it's enjoying the gift. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. Go on to verse 10, because no, not, not many people continue on to 10. But I think it's important in, in our situation here when we're talking about standing on the rock. That's Christ. In Christ alone, we're standing on the rock. It's not that, alright, I'm standing here, I'm good, I'm firm. But because you're there, you've got purpose. For we are His workmanship. That, 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 think about, about, about we're His masterpiece. We are His masterpiece. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Because of all this, you are created to do good things. Because of your position. Because of, uh, uh, when I say position, I'm saying in Christ. You're created for good works. So it's not that we just stand there with our hands in the pocket and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm saved by grace. Good. I ain't got to do nothing. No. You were saved by grace. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Why do I say all that? I think that our right response, and as we're focusing on Christ and we're pursuing Him, and our right response happens, that there's going to be action that needs to take place. We'll call it service. How can I serve in this situation? There are a lot of people that are going to be affected. How can I serve? Be, how about this? Think outside the box in this. How can we serve in this situation? Not so we can say, hey, well, look what LifePoint Church is doing. Yay. Or look at what Regina's doing. Or look at what, what Crystal's doing. No, 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 no. It's not like, hey, well, look at, no, no. How can we serve to, to see, like, look what Christ is doing in us. But not only in us, but he's working through us. Look what he's doing. All glory be to God. Don't, don't let this fear cripple us. Don't let this where we, we, we are, are just so confined. I, I can't. No, no, no. This is a perfect opportunity to share the good news. To share the gospel. To share the hope in which we have. So let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you. God, we, we thank you for your word, for your promises. God, we want to stand on your promises. And as we have uh, just, just recently read, that it is by grace that we've been saved through faith. So, and we understand that it is in Christ alone and what He has done, what He has accomplished, that we, what we have received and what we trust in. 
God, we know that this whole coronavirus thing is real. God, we know that it's going to probably even come close to us or maybe closer than we think. But God, no matter what happens, God, we want to be able to stand faithfully and we want to stand firmly on what You have promised. So God, let us respond well. Let us focus on You. Let us serve You as we serve others. We pray this all in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen.